Welcome to another Energy Crew podcast. I'm your host, JP Warren, and I'm sitting here at the Digital Wildcatter studio with kind of a, uh, we've been connected for a while on LinkedIn, but kind of a recent uh, in-person connection, if you will. Right. I'm sitting here with John Clark, and I'm going to get this out, the the sales manager, US, uh, for uh, uh, Volant Products, right? Correct. I got that right. So how you doing today, man? And I'm good. So tell me about this. So before we were talking, so I asked you one a cup of coffee, and your nights have been kind of disturbed a little bit. So tell me about that. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a newborn at home. We're uh, six weeks in. Is it first or second? What this is? Uh, this is our first together. Um, okay, I've been in the saddle before, but right. a long time ago. So uh, I'm just trying to reacquaint myself. How is it this uh, this second go around? Man, do you, the- do you, this is why I'm asking. I kind of feel like you know the first you know three months of like a child being born. Like you don't realize, you don't remember how hard it is. You know how difficult it is. How it disrupts your sleep and any of that. So I'm always curious on how if the human race remembered. What having a child is like in that first three months, I doubt we, you know, uh, yeah, still, it's, you know, procreate. Yeah, it's just a haze, really. It's a and, challenge. Uh, I think the thing I'd forgotten is just the pain behind your eyes when, you know, when you're waking up for God knows how many times in, a, in the middle of the night. I know. You know, it's always funny. It's always like, I remember when my daughter was, you know, in the first, you know, was the the fourth trimester as they call it? Like <laughs> yeah. you go in there, it's like what are you what are you crying about? Like it's you know seventy two degrees in here. You got a roof over your head. Like you change, you're dry, you're fed. This isn't like ancient Sparta, you know. Like you're not facing the elements, you know. You're not outside in the in the freezing cold. Like it's okay. Go 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 back to sleep. Yeah. Sleep for six hours, please. Yep, please. I, I will say that there's a lot more technology around as well that, that can uh, assist. So uh, things like um, you know. Um, AI related uh, snooze that that will uh, wait what? Know. Yeah, it basically, it it takes the an algorithm. I guess it it, it learns it, it machine learns how the baby reacts to certain uh, background noises. Okay. So it will soothe the baby and put the baby back to sleep automatically without you having to intervene. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. So little things like that, and obviously apps out the wazoo that you can just check on your phone and. Uh, do you do you find yourself constantly checking? Uh, I have to check, you know, if if there's other stuff going on. But uh, yeah, it's like, uh, but the uh, the child may be here and you're over here looking on the phone. You know, you don't want to get that eye contact. Yeah, you might wake them up. <laughs> <laughs> just just keep a safe distance so they get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, it is that's the biggest difference that the, the available technology and all the little cool little like, like bottle warmers. There's things that can. Uh, warm the milk, yeah, like to the perfect temperature in like double quick time. They weren't available twelve years ago, you know. So it's, it, I mean, it's like fascinating that. how fast technology has come. Not just in the in the uh, in the child, uh, the baby realm, but also every realm. That's a good segue into what we're going into now. So, oh, John, yeah. give us a little background about yourself, man. So, you and I have known each other on LinkedIn for quite some time. Probably, you know, during the COVID time, we got connected Absolutely. on LinkedIn. Uh, kind of. Per- Pretty much my entire network is pretty much since the COVID mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah, before I really didn't use LinkedIn that much or really didn't engage on the platform that much. And it's kind of cool because it's like, it's to me, it's the new way of networking. You know, um, I've met a lot of great people through LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, you, you included that, you know, in the last week or two weeks ago, we sat down for a cup of coffee for the first time. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so why don't you uh, give us a little uh, spill on yourself and let's, uh, let's get this going. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh- uh, you're right. I, I got turned on to your, uh, you know, your other podcast and uh, really enjoyed listening to it. Um, 
firstly, I started listening because there was connections that I already had that were appearing on there. So, you know, you're kind of supporting them. Yeah. You want to go and see how they do. And, yeah. uh, and you came across really good at putting people at ease and getting to talk about stuff that I wasn't uh, aware of from people that I already knew. You know, it, so quite enlightening. That's kind of like that's kind of like a side benefit of doing the podcast. First off, it's just kind of cool sitting, you know, across the table or behind the mic with someone, kind of getting their story, getting their background, and all that stuff. But that's also the side benefit of it. I mean, you got people that you know, oh man, I knew, uh, you know, you know, Kate Hiken for years. I never <laughs> knew that about her. I knew right. this guy for years, and I never knew that about them. Yeah. So it's kind of cool how like. It does connect people in, in, in different ways because you start like picking up like, oh, certain hobbies or certain outlooks or or certain stories. Oh, they used to work with this person. I didn't know they worked there. You know, so yeah. I kind of like how it does bring that to the to the to everyone, you know, yeah, definitely so. And uh, and, you know, <clears throat> I definitely applaud that way of uh, of getting to know people, getting to network. Um, I think that there's a lot of great information that I've got um, from the podcast that you've done. Um you know, you just need one or two little nuggets, just like any kind of meeting, mm -hmm. and it's enough for you to kick on and, uh, you know, take that forwards, um, learn a little bit more about people, maybe uh, m maybe push forward and go, go and see them yourself in future. So you're a good conduit for that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Appreciate that. Do you listen to any other uh, oil and gas podcasts? Uh, I've listened to a couple here and there, but um, JP, you're the man. So. Oh, brother, man. Thank yeah. you. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> You're the man. Okay, JP. Man, that's going to be the sound clip for this uh, episode. That's kind of <laughs> the only sound clip we're going to get out of this. Yeah. Well, um, you know, COVID was a, a, a kind of a funny time. Um, you know, it, it felt like, uh, especially like coming out of it, feels like we were all in some kind of a prison sentence, and we're, we're finally slowly getting out, getting reclimatized into society. Have you felt that time moved completely different during the COVID time? Like, I remember. I went to a buddy's uh, ranch with my family and like, I'm like, oh man, I can't believe five months ago we were here. Was that the last time? And they're like, no, that was 11 months ago. Y'all were here. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah. it was, it's like a, like a, a time warp. It's, it, it is, it was kind of like a time yeah. warp. Yeah. It's, it's been a very strange time. Um, it's good to see that uh, events are getting back to normal and people are getting out the shell. You know, we're lucky, I think here in the U S with the, uh, with the availability of the vaccinations that, that people feel more confident yeah. and, and just, you know, in Texas, we're we're able to get out and about, so that that's a that's a really good thing. Um, but now there's this whole new Delta strain that's apparently making the news. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. I too don't much, either, man. Uh, like you know. it's, it's it, that's the thing though. It's here. It's going to be here. Like news. Pick up something else to talk about. Like yeah. uh, I hate being that way, but seriously, like find something else. It's going to be here. It's going to mutate. That's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it's lazy journalism. We're kind of used to that. Oh, we're so we just, used to uh, that. We just got to get hopefully back to some kind of normality here. Um, and I really do feel like that, that we're kind of getting there. So um, I do too. And it feels good. Oh man, it does. It did does. you go to Doug or Urtech or anything like that? I, I did not this year, but um, I know people that did and and some guys in my team yeah. went uh, deliberately just to get out there and they shake say? hands again instead of uh, fist pump or shoulder or elbow bump. You know, you never know what to do. So it's always that like awkward stage, like, like right. half a second before you go like meet someone, you like do you grab their like, elbow? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What are they okay? What are they comfortable with? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went to one in February. Just when this was all kicking off, we went to one in February, and we just happened to have at our stand. We had a load of uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah. And people were just like all over it. Oh, let's have some of that. Let's have some of that. But and it was just coincidence that that we had that. But but yeah, um, it's. I think there's uh just um 
a renewed enthusiasm from people just to be getting out there and meeting people again, yeah. um, getting the normal kind of conversations going. Um, that and, to me is the biggest benefit that I've had lately is the, is the normalcy of conversations. It's not about like lockdown cause it's not about 2020, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's talking about today. Everyone's talking about tomorrow. Like it's, it's normal conversations again. It's optimistic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but you know, I've also seen the benefits of, uh, things like the use of teams and zoom. Yeah. You know, we all had to rely on it, um, exclusively for a short time, but I found the benefit in, uh, in getting a lot of things done with people that I already knew, um, <clears throat> remotely. Um, yeah. Mixing with teams and and really getting getting stuff done without the need to travel. Um, you know, travel's gonna return, but uh, it's good to know that that's an extra way that you can still generate business without having to go face to face. I mean, my my personal tactic is, is always uh, if you haven't had a face to face, really, what chance have you got of building any kind of a, a relationship? Do you consider Zoom or Teams face to face? Uh, I, I guess it would be a new box to tick, wouldn't it? For uh, for for anybody, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're seeing someone, you're talking to someone. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's not in person, but you're still seeing their face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely a personalized way of doing stuff. And again, I think just people are going to be more uh, comfortable doing it. You can accelerate things a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, you could get. A, remember what it was like. You know, I want to coordinate this meeting, and the guy'd say, "Well, let me get with this group and this group and see who's the free." Nightmare. And you, you're already a month down the line before you can get anyone in the same room. Um, with the likes of Zoom and, and everything, people can be on a call the next morning. In the middle of COVID, people were screaming for excuses to get in some kind of meeting. You know what's funny? I remember before uh, before uh, March 2020, if someone like, he's like, hey, I'm going to FaceTime you later. Or like, hey, look, let's get on the, let's get on a Zoom call. First off, like, what the hell is Zoom? You know, <laughs> second off, we're like, don't FaceTime, just text me, you know, or yeah. just call me. Now it's like, why is, why is this person calling out FaceTime? Like, why, 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 like, what, you know what I mean? Like now it's like, right. it's so normal now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely going to be a, a benefit, but um, good that we've got options again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where I got started. Um, you know, face did to face you get started? People. I got a break back in 2007. A guy plucked me out of, uh, out of what I was doing at the time, which was not related to the business at all. Okay. I'd already lived in Houston for 10 years and, uh, somebody told me Houston's like a big black hole, uh, the old businesses and it'll just suck you in eventually. And, and so it did. So I got taken on at Tesco and we were selling uh, case and drilling at the yeah. time. And, uh, we had a tool that, um, that enabled that. Um, and that became a really good tool for case and running as well. So there was okay. a three year spell there where, uh, I was able to create business with people that I already knew from my old business. Um, I was actually, uh, was actually coaching soccer and, and I knew a lot of guys in the business without even realizing they were in it. So, um, once I showed up, they were giving me the work. Um, I'd known them for maybe five, six years cause I'd known their kids. Oh, so and, once you then, went over to the new company, it was just kind of an easy transition for you. Well, it, it turned out that way that it definitely opened up a lot of doors. So. Uh, the guy that brought me on, Rick Garland, uh, probably had that in mind. He probably knew that that, that would uh, kind of help out. But yeah. uh, from there, I moved on to, uh, I wanted some big company experience. So I went over to Weatherford to- uh, Why did you want big company? That's a, that, that's interesting. Most people, they start at the big companies, yeah. you know what I mean? And they always, I feel like they, you know, they get the great training, the great experience, great exposure, 
and then they start kind of working out. But you kind of wanted to go into a big company. Yeah. Um, well, I'd come in untrained, and I went to a place that really wasn't set up to to help me either okay. grow in that that regard. So uh, I kind of did a sideways move in the in the area of the business that I was in. Yeah. So I wasn't stepping out too far, but um, it was just a company with a lot more uh, a lot more versatility, a lot more expertise. And well, I just wanted to get that grounded. The infrastructure is there too for training there. I mean, those those yeah. companies have great training programs. Yeah, and and I've got that to thank you know that company to thank for a, a, you know just about everything technically that I know. Have you always been people. in sales? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've it's always been sales for me. Okay. Um, yeah. Have you always wanted to get in sales? I think that, again, going back to the guy that got me into it, um, he he knew me from my previous role. And I think he, uh, when he hired me, he said, I don't know what you're going to do. I just like to get good people in, into my organization. Uh, but he did put me in that role. And uh, within a few months, I thought to myself, man, this is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think um, beyond that, business development is, a, is more of a, you know, focused area that, that I've enjoyed even more than sales. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's a good. So, ride. what is the separation to you between sales and business development? Because a lot of people think like sales, marketing, business development, same thing. I mean, yeah. they're I know they're related to you, but for you, what what's the difference between those two? For me, I think business development is a bit more strategic. You're looking further down the road. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the real big picture of opportunities for the products and the services that are being provided. Can you get more out of this account? Can you help this person? get more out of what you're already doing for them and, and, and really help them, you know, build and, and grow their business right. um, themselves. And in turn, you develop your own business. Um, you know, whereas I, I see sales more as a, of a um, transactional deal, you know, we've got this. Hit the ground running. Do you running. want it? Yes, no, move on, objection, you know, move forwards, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so – I see. I see business development being more like that, but uh, and you did, but they go hand in hand. Like they do said, go hand in know, hand, but yeah. you dig the business development side a little bit more. Well, it, it kind of turned out like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've I've done sales. I was a I was a case in bit sales oh, yeah. for like three, uh, well, two three years. So you know, that sales. It's fun. Yeah, it it, it was. I tell you what, it was a lot of fun around about two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm just getting older or the. Uh, the opportunities have kind of waned a little bit to have that fun, but um, th there's still fun to be had. Don't I think, no, I, absolutely. First off, I mean, we're in the, we're in an industry that, you know, it's, it's fun to be in our industry. It's stressful. Don't get me wrong, but it's also fun, you know, yeah. but I, I agree. I think that sales has changed from historically what, what we know, 2012, 2013, 2014 to kind of where we're at today. I mean, 2021 to me, sales has changed tremendously. I haven't yeah. thought about it, so if I start talking about it, it's going to be from the hip, which is fine. I can do that. Yeah. But, I mean, do you feel it's kind of the same way, or do you feel it's changed? I mean, what's what's, no, what's your I, opinion I on that? I think, um, and I've I've put this into play with uh, some of the recent hires that, that I've got as well within the group. I think the timeline between that first interaction and, and needing to get something done is much shorter than it okay. previously was. I feel like the time... The time to get something in into operations that the desire is there from the operator uh, more so than it was previously and i think the service companies or the uh, the product uh, manufacturers or sales groups are, are uh, you know the, the, it's more necessary for them to get things in play a little bit quicker 
So know, the timeline is short between the initial meeting to actually. Well, the, the point I was going to make is I think um, having having the technical expertise from the the tip of the spear right through to the close of the deal yeah. is more and more significant. Whereas in the past you could have, I mean, and you'll still have a door opener, right, with yeah. people that can come in behind. But I think if you can, uh, and and as we know, there's a lot of great people in this industry, unfortunately, have been squeezed out in the last few years. But people that have moved from operations into sales through either survival or just something that they want to do, I think it's bringing a high level of expertise to the to the sales um, that's good sales point. cycle, and I think that's that's good for for everybody because you're going to get a lot more done in a shorter period of time. Right. That, that's the change I see. Um, maybe I'm imagining that change. No, no, no I, uh, I can. I mean, I can definitely see that. Um, I mean that's a good point. I was saying more the tradi- like you know that and combined with the traditional way of selling. It, it, to me, it doesn't work. You know the you know you can't get in a customer's office these days. Right. Um, you have to you know if you're neither can the customer. They yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just now. you know whether it's you know opening doors or whether it's you know actually uh, entertaining people or actually getting those you know networking uh, unique networking you know yeah. events or something like that. It's just it's a lot more difficult now. You know. Um, People are more hesitant. I mean, it's it's tougher to, I guess, pry people out of their environment mm-hmm. in, you know, the first one or two meetings. You know yeah. what I mean? You really got to utilize your other sales team right. and your other sales networks to get, get yeah, in front of someone. I mean, new. do you think there might be a bit more collaboration going on now? You know, people are kind of happier to jump in on other people's events and kind of share, share it around. There might be fewer of them, but, um, you know, the same kind of people being in in those environments at, at the same time rather than uh, the exclusivity that's been yeah necessary in the past i, I don't know really i mean I, like like we've just talked about we're emerging into a new a new way of yeah. doing things in some regards <clears throat> absolutely hopefully we can get to the point where there's uh there's a lot more of those interactions the way that they were before so how so what did y'all's uh, company do? So tell, first off, tell me a little about your company real quick. Let's do okay, that. Okay, yeah. Um, Volant are a, a Canadian company. They've been around twenty years actually. Um, just last week, um, twenty years in business. Happy and, birthday! Yeah, happy birthday to Volant. And you've um, been there for what two and a half years? Yeah, coming up three years. Okay. Now. Yeah, three years next month. And the uh, they they started out as a bunch of engineers who did consultant engineering for uh, for a, a load of companies. Right. So they would build tools and technologies for uh, oil-related um, companies. And they took a lot of those ideas that were either left behind um, or could be developed further. And with permission, they decided to open a commercial arm of the company and they named it Volant. Okay. And one of the things that they uh, they created through that was um, their uh, case and running tool. And that's been a best-in-class tool really for all of that time and behind it. Um, there's, um, Crimpton centralizers, there's, um, there's talk rings, but now there's software and, uh, anything basically related to, uh, the integrity of the case and string is, is what Volant's about. Are you bringing a lot of like new technology in during the, during, I guess the, the, the like, how did y'all, I guess, shift, um, y'all's energy or y'all's focus during the, uh, during the down, yeah, downturn that, to where you That's a great question because in, in the, in the downturn, uh, or in, in COVID, our marketing group um, did an excellent job. Coincidentally, we had a lot of new products or newer versions of old products that are just kind of ready to hit the market. During the downturn? 
Yeah, so okay. we did a really good job of um, the marketing did a really good job of getting things out and ready or ready to get out. And uh, so at the very least, we got a lot of distribution out and made a lot of people aware of things that had been kicking around um, the year previous, but we hadn't really had much chance to shine a light on yeah. it. We were really able to kind of showcase that. Which is huge, though. I mean, that's yeah. huge during when everyone's in front of their computers on LinkedIn scrolling. I mean, if you can stop someone and, and actually have them pause and actually look at what you're looking at and and provide mm-hmm. some information, some educational information, I think that's huge. Yeah, and and I think there was time for people to look at it and digest it. Yeah, over a little, little bit of a longer period of time, maybe not the the chances to in, engage um, exclusively, but what we're seeing now is we're coming out, call it a lag or whatever you want, but there's um, there's certainly adoption of some of these these technologies and, and products that we've had out there for a while. Um, they're certainly capturing people's imagination, and uh, and we're really kind of making what I wouldn't say surprising progress, but um, clearly that effort last year is, is paying, paying dividends off. already. Yeah, that's crazy. So I mean, I've been talking to a couple of people. You know, whenever it's like you know, introduce, introducing something new into the drilling operations or whether it's, you know, introducing a new technology or a new whatever. I mean, people are very hesitant right now to try anything new out or any mm-hmm. new emerging technology right because on. it's like, look, we're operating on on, on this, this AFE, this cash base. We have to operate a certain way. We're not comfortable testing out new technology. Or no, we're not comfortable of, of um, <clears throat> adapting new technology right now. You know, we might down the road, but right now we're yeah. going to hold off to what we've done historically. Mm-hmm. So how are you finding that with, with, with yeah. customers? I, I think, um, and I'll make reference to U.S. shale, I think with this factory drilling, um, that there's a, they're a little bit more uh, um, conservative in their outlook, a bit right. like offshore always have been. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, not, they're a lot more risk averse in terms of changing things, but also there's been such a, a huge development and acceleration of, uh, of methods that are successful. They don't necessarily want to change just for the sake of change. Right. Um, what we're finding is we've got some uh, some solutions that bring value, but the the um, challenge now is although there may be a technical qualification for it, um, the the engineers themselves are fighting a battle internally for um, for switching AFE from one product to another because there's only so much of the pie to go around for them. Right. Um, so um, it's difficult to not only show the value and, uh, and get paid for the value, but also to, to keep that value in place. And, and that's where, um, that's where your ability to, to show how much it's going to improve the, um, the operation comes in. If, if you can't prove the difference, the differentiate that you're going to bring, then, um, why would anybody change? Um, right so now? how are you, I mean, so how are you tracking all that? Is that through just kind of like, uh, you know, Runtime data data collection. I mean, what what? How do you I guess show the the customer that uh, mm-hmm. y'all's technology, y'all's product or service yeah. is actually improving their well. We their you efficiency. obviously need a candidate or two, yeah, and, and some runs, right? They're pretty useful to get, yeah. And and we've been fortunate that um, although we know where all the right applications are, um, we've been fortunate that a couple have jumped on board and have been um, generous enough to make data available. What is that from? Available. Is that is that from the relationships that they've jumped on board or, or what what is that? Um it's uh it's not necessarily from a, a relationship. It, it will be a relationship now. It is a relationship right. going forwards, but it was actually through um through some associated uh companies that 
wouldn't outright recommend what we do, but um, the, for example, the uh, the fixed centralizer solution that we have, yeah, um, there's only a finite amount of companies that even provide that solution. So um, they were getting advised by engineering consultancy groups, who, who we like to speak to as well, but right. they were getting advised by those kind of groups that if uh, if a fixed centralizer is uh, is the best thing to do, then go and speak to somebody that that has that solution. We happen to be lo and behold, um, yeah, yeah. So so we've taken uh, advantage of that, and we've got a lot of information. We're still trying to to get out uh, to um, to prove it, and 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 well, it's it's proven, but I mean to to get it out there and just show people more what we're adopted, doing. more kind of industry for, for the neighbors, yeah, right, yeah. And and it, and it's and really we're benefiting from the fact that the um, the extended reach drilling in U.S. shale is is they just keep pushing the boundaries. It keeps getting further and further out. And with that change, what what they did in the past might not get them to where they want to go in the future. Um, so, for example, um, there's been a big shift towards um, sliding in the, the casing, right. you know, floating it in, um, and no rotation. But what, what the finding is that um, with these, if you're going beyond, say, 14,000 feet in the lateral, um, that's not enabling them to get to get to TD without losing all the hook load. So um, by putting crimp centralizers on there, you're, allow, you're able to reduce some of the axial load and that in turn allows you to um, recover hook load and, and get, your, get your case into bottom, which is a departure from where the whole industry was going. Okay. Uh, just, just up until recently. So we're, we're on the cusp of something we think is going to be um, pretty prevalent. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be for everybody either. Um, but I think that if if there's a solution that can show uh, cost savings over time, people are, are still willing to invest in those changes. Yeah, they're, still, they're always going to be risk averse. But I think if the if the data backs it up, and uh, it's and easier to make that decision. It, yeah, and and as somebody once once told me, right, you you can't go out on a limb anymore. These these engineers, they can't go out on a limb and say, all right. I like you, so we're going to give you a run because if it goes downhill, their, their job their could ass. be on the line. Yeah. Yep. Whereas in the in the past, it was it would be, I'll hire Slumberger because at least if they mess up, they'll uh, they'll put it right, and I can't get run off for Slumberger yeah. making the mistake. So, you know, I think that there's a little bit of that going on. Um, you know, that the cost and the cost controls are so much different for operators now than they were when I came in. You know, there's guys I know of retired because of the uh, emergence of supply chain groups and procurement groups and the, oh, and the all, grip they now have. So fun the, to deal with as a, as, a, as a service company, huh? Great, great. I, I have I have some very, I would say, intimate knowledge of that from a, a, the, probably the best job I've had in, in oil and gas, which was uh, I was a strategic account manager for Weatherford. Why was for, that the for, best, so why was that the best job for you? Well, um, we were working for our largest U.S. customer. And okay. we had, uh, you know, Weatherford had a, a myriad of product lines across the board, and th- it was probably our our largest integrated um, uh, customer. So at that point, they were using us for just about everything that they were doing. And so from in my in my development, it was a great place to just be a fly on the wall to get involved in just about every yeah. part of the business. Uh, you know, I got into the whole industry fairly late. And I knew I wasn't going to be an expert um, from that point um, because I wasn't going into operations. Right. I didn't get a chance to, you know, 
delve in deep on that. Um, but I knew that I could still bring value and, and the value I can bring is, uh, similar to what, what you, you can do, which is, you know, you're a good link person. You yeah. can, you're a good listener and you can, you can put people in touch. Connect with, with people. One you're, you're, you're a bridge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, so I was that conduit for Weatherford with, uh, with our biggest U S customer. And, um, so that, that enabled me to sit in and, and learn technically about, um, all different parts of the business. But, um, I think the the best thing about it was because we were so integrated, you know, I had an office in house there. They'd be calling me if they needed some solutions. Um, oh, so that's it, that's where you make all your connections, right? Oh, there. It, it worked. It was great. I mean, I've made some friends for life. Uh, yeah, through through that um, through that experience, you know, it was a uh, it, it was great for me. Um, that the, the uh, I think the best part about it is that they. Uh, you know, they were always looking to, when they were looking to grow, they were always looking to us to grow. So when I was having to make forecasts, it was always positive stuff. And, uh, and it was just a good environment. You know, the operator, you know, all these operators, they have a different, uh, they have DNA. a different feel. There really is. I mean, you know, someone that, you know, I mean, historically speaking, knew someone that worked at Andarka versus someone that worked at Apache versus someone that works yeah. at, Sable. I mean, you right. and the, all these companies, obviously, whatever. But like, I mean, and you, their personalities—they they are change, personalities. And if and even the guys <laughs> that work in these companies, they can, you know, they can get some kind of uh, reputation in one company, and then suddenly they're working for another, and they're a completely different yeah. guy. You know? Yeah, that's true. I think it always comes from the the top down, and um, uh, yeah, working in in any kind of environment where they're, they're kind of forward facing and. Uh, really open to ideas is is good. And that, that's another benefit that I had there. They were good early Oh, adopters. they were very good at like, they were forward thinking. And early adopters. I like that. And they would give people a chance um, uh, right away. But um, going the reason we segued into this, we were talking about supply chain. Yeah. And most of my interactions were with supply chain because we had existing work with them. And uh, I realized very quickly that um, I don't need to be showing up there every day because the first question they ask is, can they reduce, can you reduce the prices? That's always a fun, uh, yeah. fun conversation. I, I would make the analogy that there'd be lying in wait behind the door with a baseball bat for you just to, you know, when you come in to they just beat whack you, you with that price question um, b before anything else. But, um, but yeah, the uh, um, dealing with those groups is, is is fun. They can they can tell it, give you a lot of information. They can help you a lot, um, but they can't give you the work. No, no, they they definitely be the uh, was the, the the guardians of the gate though. They can let you yeah. in or keep you out. Yeah, de definitely so. And uh, but but that's definitely evolved, right? From the breakfast run. Oh yeah, knowing that if you get this guy out for dinner, you've got his work and, work and and you're slaying it, right? It's now it's um. You get to that great. point, it's like, let me I got to talk to procurement real quick, <laughs> yeah. and we got to see if there's room for a new MSA and all that. That's so yeah, right. it's that's it's, right. it's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely a. Uh, Process of giving MSAs right. is not the same anymore. Well, I've also got an opinion on that. They'll Let's get do the, this. They'll get the MSA. If your guy wants you in, he'll push them to get the MSA. You think they use that as kind of an excuse? Like, hey, sorry, you can't do that. Mom said hey, no. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's, hey, there's always an objection. You know what sucks about hearing that? Like, honestly, like, I've heard that so many times in my career. You know, and now the fact that I'm hearing this, like, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm looking at you to all my customers out there that said you can get me an MSA, but you couldn't because of supply chain. 
I'm looking at you. Y'all know who I'm talking about right now. Yeah. I think that's, I, I remember, I, I've been hit with that so many times in my career. It's like, we'd love to, but, you know, mm -hmm. supply chain. Yeah. So built in China is another good one. The what? Yeah, sorry, it's built in China, so we can't use this, even though the guys we're using right now happen to have their stuff built in China. There's all these little, you know, there's, there's all these little tra the, the traps yeah. they can use. There'll, there'll be an objection. Yeah. There's always objections. That's all right. So pretty much if they want to get you in, you'll get that MSA. Okay. So I, I every salesperson so. oh, out there, hear this you. out. Hear this right here. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what I say? Um, What I've always said, and I, I always say to people that I work with is you just got to respect the process. Yeah. You know, there's there's long lead times, there's back and forth. And, and as you know, there's there's a lot of waste that goes into this, this business. Um, yeah. You know. Couple of years down the line, you say to yourself, "I could have sworn we we resolved this a couple of years ago, and here we are, kind of trying Doing to do the, the same, same thing. thing again." But um, I think if if people respect the process and they respect the people that are within there, you know, everyone's trying to do the job at the end of the yeah. day. And uh, and if you're persistent and you're consistently good and you have high integrity, you know, you'll you'll succeed. You know, it's uh, that's you just you just got to make sure you you're tying yourself to the right products and. Uh, People and and people, yeah, that connect. That I think at this, that. I think at this stage and age, like it's it's you work with the, the people you want to work with. You know what I mean? That's that's. I think that's extremely important. Yeah, choosing the right people to grow with because if it's, it's if I don't care if it's the best product or the best service, if it's not the best people, I mean that's gonna be reputation, and you're gonna be miserable at work and be taking that home to the mm -hmm. to the family. It's just you got to pick yeah. the right people. Yeah, um, I remember reading uh, uh, Walsh's book. Uh, the winning one, um, that the old uh, guy that was with GE, um, uh, Jack Welch, yeah, Jack Welch, well, um, had his book winning, and and he was saying that um, it may take you six or seven companies before you settle into the one that's got the right environment for the way you like to do your work. What's that environment uh, for you? You know, uh, I think it's somewhere where uh, where you instantly feel that your value is, is appreciated. Right. Um, you know, that, that you can bring value, that you can, that you can continually keep moving the, the chains forwards at your own pace, um, around people that, uh, are responsive, that have the customer, um, at the heart of their, their decisions yeah. as well. I would honestly say, um, I'm fortunate. This is the best company I've worked for. They're still private, but this is the best company I've worked for in terms of, being able to listen to um, a concern in the field for uh, the operation of our tools or the processes involved with them, to listen to the suggestions of others, quickly uh, respond, and where where necessary, build an improvement. Um, that's got to be fun, speed. though. I mean, that's got to be fun. Like, you know, you're, you're developing this equipment, you know, you're putting it out there and then suddenly you get this feedback and the fact you're able to pivot so quick and, you know, add, you know, some sort of change or modifications to it and kind of improve yeah. on your product quickly, that's got to be pretty fun. It, it is. It's awesome. And, and uh, two of the biggest companies I've worked for previous that are in the same space that we're in, we're just never able to do that. Even when there's good intentions. What is and that? Is it bureaucracy or what? Typically bureaucracy yeah. and uh, available funds you know that the, the principles of the company is still involved in the day-to-day -day. um they i think they did a good job of uh just preparing themselves for a rainy day back in the good old uh days of the early you know 10 to 14 yeah when um that, what, the when they were selling a tool a day yeah um 
I, I think they've just really set themselves up to, to now where they can serve their customer base and they can keep moving forwards with, uh, with their ideas of, um, you know, just spreading out from their original core to, to just becoming subject matter experts. And, I, and, you know, they just, uh, it's a mindset there, you know, and again, it comes from the top. Um, the, the line that our CEO likes to use is, um, wherever possible, we want to delight our customers, which, like uh, which is a nice word, right? Uh, yeah. You know, if you're delighted, then it's better than being impressed. It's, um, uh, it's more kind of long-term, yeah. right? It's a long-term sensation. It's a better feeling. Yeah. I mean, you can be impressed, you know, a hundred times a day, but you can be delighted a few times. And that's, yeah. that's a great way to separate yourself. Yeah. So, you know, we're pursuing that. We don't always get it, but, um, but with that in mind, uh, yeah, just the, the responsiveness is, is great. And I think that's, that's what sets this company aside. And, and that's really, uh, I mean, I know everybody would look for that. Um, if you can't find that you, you've got to settle for the, the things that are working in your favor and, and, uh, and always make the most of it, right? That also gives you all the opportunity to, like, when you are working with the customer um, and they say something, you know, like, okay, I'll take this back, but we'll see, you know, like, because a lot of companies do that. Like, I'm just a sales guy. I, you know, I'll, I'll bring it back, but I'm not sure, you know, how to register, you know, whether it's the engineering group or whether it's this group. But, yeah. like, I, I, I like the fact how if you get information back, mm -hmm. you know, from the field or something like that, it's like, People can trust you that something's going to happen yeah. from it. Whether it makes sense or whether it doesn't, you're going to dig down into that. And whether a change needs to happen or whether it doesn't, they're going to trust you to at least exhaust that option. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know whether it, it's part of their uh, their success in the hiring in the first place. Whenever we get open positions, they're quite meticulous in screening who they want for these positions. And I think um, we do well to get... Um, especially recently overqualified people for some of the, the tasks that they're doing, but that brings a wealth of experience and, um, and it, it just enables people to, to get it done. Right. Uh, as you've said. Yeah. And, and, and that's really been the thing that's impressed me. Yeah. Exactly what you, you described. You're taking something back to them and w within the hours, sometimes they're, uh, they're calling a meeting and, and having a, an engineering, you know, at least a first take at an engineering uh, discussion. Is it possible? What's going to be necessary? Um, can we accelerate this by moving some other tasks off to the side? Right. Um, just that nimbleness, that the that fact ability. That you, yeah, to you pivot. take feedback and pivot quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and from my point of view, I'm not going back to them unless it's something that's either going to make the industry safer or um, make us more green. Right. You know, I, I'm I'm driven by trying to generate money for our company. You know, but. Um, we're in a position as well where we've we've added some safety components that um, that really are unrec uh, sorry uh, just undeniable and um, you know we've got rig contractors and the like now telling operators they should be using some of our safety products related products that kind of thing so um, that's kind of a pretty cool uh, little uh, side uh, yeah was it what do you want to call it? I don't know side gossip side talking about you know about. It's it's yeah. not it's not just you know the products, but it's also hey look they they have these safety, uh, you know initiatives or these safety practices that I think mm -hmm. that y'all need to uh, adopt. I think that's that's kind of a cool uh, reputation. Yeah, well, it's not always born out of being proactive. Some of it's reactive. So I can't oh, yeah. always say it's uh, it's just field. because we're uh, you know we're just uh, thinking 
ahead of the curve and, and coming out with all these new fandangled things. Sometimes we're reimagining older stuff that's already out there. Right. You know, but the facts are that, that, that we're, we're providing them quickly to our customer base. And so we're enabling them to improve what they can do with the operators. Um, we, we, we're in a little bit of a, a unique position, not, not unique, but I'd say there's few of us where um, Volant can, we work as a tool provider for service operators, but we also sell the centralizers and the software um, for casing string integrity to the operator. So we've got a foot in both places. And so we're able to um, improve the service quality from our customer's point of view, but we can also um, impress upon the operators um, individually uh, where we think they can make improvements so they, they can then push the service providers that we provide tools to. So we're in a, we're in a good, good position. And yeah. uh, it's enjoyable to be able to kind of switch off between, you know, not just being always focused on uh, selling to operators. You're all also talking to established service providers and, I think that's cool. I mean, you're expanding your network that way. You're kind of getting, I mean, you, yeah. you start building that side of it. I mean, again, you can kind of leverage those relationships too if you can't get in a, right. a new customer. Well, uh, and another great thing is uh, as well as leveraging those relationships that they have, what I've, I've always found is that, um, you know, you call someone with a service company, they're all in sales, right? So they're all picking up the phone. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. They're, you know, you call an operator and it might be, uh, you know, nothing, you know, crickets, especially now on the, oh, on yeah. the drilling side. Maybe not. Maybe not production engineers and the likes, but um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's good that you can you can always be uh, relevant, and I think that's another thing you were asking about what what I would look for in a job. I think most people want to feel like they're relevant, whether yes. you're either relevant within your organization and you feel like there's a level of respect that that you get from from yeah. those people, or you're relevant in that you're helping a potential customer, right? You know that you are bringing bringing a solution, you know. You, you, you're not just there to make up the numbers. You, you, you're really in there. If you've done your homework, you're really in there knowing that you can bring value. I think being relevant is extremely important. It's, it's, yeah. it's something that people, I think, a lot of people don't identify, you know, like mm -hmm. with it. But it's a feeling that I think a lot of people yeah. should have in their, in their uh, role. Right. Or homes. Yeah. Well, uh, here we are. Energy crew is relevant now, isn't it? Well, I'm trying to get it relevant. The, the problem is I think a lot of people don't know that I switched from my previous podcast, Energy Crew, but it's gonna, it's getting out there. I feel like I feel like the support's there. I feel like there's some pretty good uh, feedback yeah. from it. So yeah, I, I think the timing was great. You know, uh, when you made the announcement that you'd done a hundred and then it was no more. Dunsky. I mean, that's that was genius. Time, yeah. it, that it was be that was planned. That was across. planned since yeah. the, the first episode I released on the previous one. Right. Oh yeah, right. it's all part of the plan. Yeah. No, it's it's been a good. Uh, I, you know. I, it's useful for, for people to, you know, keep in touch. Yeah. And, and learn. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, everyone's, you know, again, these, you know, people aren't attending events, people are at the house, people are, ah, I mean, I get to work from home. I get to do this. So it's just another way to kind of, again, you know, connect people and, you know, make our industry a little bit more smaller and, and, and help people out, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. You were, you and I were talking before we came on. There's a, I like, I like kind of discussing like uh, lunch table topics, you know what I mean? Kind of okay. like, what are some common things that you're sitting around, you know, whether it's your sales team, whether it's your customers or whether it's your friends, whatever, like, what are some common themes you're kind of, uh, I guess, uh, that you've been talking about that we can bring up here on Energy Crew? Well, I think um, 
you know, it, it's difficult to crowd out the, uh, the weakness of the, of the media these days and, and how lazy the journalism is and, so, and that kind of stuff. So, so knowing that, do you watch a lot of uh, news or do you? I don't watch anymore. I'll oh. read. I'll read uh, a headline. Yeah. Basically, I'll go to the BBC website once a day uh, at the start of the day just to see if, just to make sure nobody's pressed the nuke button and, right. uh, and it's going to be Armageddon. And then I'm kind of then the rest of it just kind of washes over me. It's I'm the just same another, way, man. It's just another bit of news. Um, you Have know, you always been that way? Well, I've always been interested in the news. Uh, no, 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 no. Just kind of like <laughs> oh. uh, how you don't dive into it, how you don't like you're not checking the news, you know, 15 times a day. And oh yeah, I, th I think um, it's over time. Um, it's very important uh, to manage uh, your day to day, and um, time I think is the most valuable commodity that any of us have got here yeah. and um, going back to, you know, business development and sales, you need to go in prepared. You need to have everything, have a goal of what you want to talk about and uh, an outcome in place, not just for yourself, but for the person that, that you're going to see, you know, going back to that, that Weatherford job that I had, I had like 23 salespeople going into that account every day. And sometimes I, feel like I made a meme about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've made a few yeah. crackers for Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, but um, there's a there's a few times when guys have just come up to me saying, "Hey, I want to speak to so and so." Oh yeah, what do you want to speak to him about? Oh, I want to see how many rigs he's got going. And uh, I said, "Well, he's got this many rigs going. What else do you want to know?" And it was uh, it was just to tighten the line, right? Just so yeah, that like when when you're in front of that person, you you can get straight to what you want to talk about instead of uh, asking just, where the rigs are at. Yeah, just just wasting time. So. Um, Going back to what you said, that there's not there's not enough time to 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 do that. I, I do need to. I've found that I need to plan my time. I'm a list maker uh, during the day. Do you, do you keep your list on your phone, or is it? No, it's in a notebook. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and it's it gets uh, checked off or crossed out once it's done. But that's my list for the day, and uh, and I'm checking them off. And since I've been with Volant, it's usually too long a list to worry to about. manage every day. So, but. But once you make that plan, it's something, it's a good guide. You know, I do the same with, uh, you know, triathlons or half marathons. Once I've got a, a training schedule up on the fridge, it's something for me to follow and I can- You I do can triathlons? Do. I've, I've started doing a few triathlons. Go on. Uh, did a half Ironman. What started, what started this? Um, I was bored with just running. I used to be a soccer player and- um, American it, football. Uh Soccer? No, didn't didn't play America. I was a bit of a rugby player as, as well, but uh, well, then when they what they call uh, soccer over overseas, American football, right? Oh uh, no, they call it football. They call gridiron um, American American football. football. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I used to play a lot of soccer and rugby, and I got out of that fairly unscathed. I got a I got an injury in my in my thirties and decided that um. I wasn't getting any faster and uh, there was no point in me getting injured in what I traditionally did. So yeah. I'd look for something else. So now I'm good at running in straight lines. Well, so that's really what got me into that. Congrats. And, uh, and becoming a father in later years too, I've got to keep fit. So I've got to do something. So wait, you're actually, you're doing triathlons? Yeah. Yeah. Here and there. I think I'm going to try a marathon as well coming up, but, um, but yeah, triathlon has been a good experience and that's, there's a healthy community in uh, oil and gas as well that, that, uh, do triathlons as well. There's that in the MS150 and the, there's yep. the only gas community that does have some some of the the, the active. 
yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely and and you know that, that's great um but uh but yeah keeping fit that's that's really what i do for that and and i like it because it's got some variety I, I don't have to do the same thing yeah. every day uh that's another thing that i love about this business right no two wells are the same yeah there's always uh i'll, I'll give you a little um i remember i was like one year into the the business and i was calling on southwest energy they were our biggest customer at the time and uh I don't even remember the guy's name, but I was I was in his office at I think six thirty in the morning, and he he'd just come out of retirement for the third time, and he was figuring out how they're going to get this uh, well to bottom, <laughs> right? And I just thought, what other industry is doing this? Who who else is coming out of retirement for the third time, sitting there literally with a sparkle in his eye at six thirty in the morning, with with that amount of enthusiasm, and you know that. There's just so many smart, bright people yeah. um, to meet, to learn from in this community, um, as we'll call it now. That um, I call it, it's, that's a good word phrase, a community. It's just not an industry, it's yeah. community. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a great, just a great community. You think we'll be pulling uh, people out of retirement this go around once things start coming, coming back? Always. There's, there's always people going to come back, you know, um, in, the, in some, I think some people may be getting out voluntarily yeah. through, uh, you know, further down. They see they see the way it goes. Um, hopefully, we won't be in the same position where they were after the '80s slump, where there was no petroleum engineers for about twenty years. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, th- I think that, that you know, there's change. Uh, there's going to be less people required, but um, I think there's going to be a huge experience uh, loss with the with. The- with the previous generation leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, every, every time there's a, there's an uptick like now, you you can see how exposed we are by some of that expertise. Um, you know, leaving. Yeah. There's, there's a few more incidents. Uh, there's a few more, uh, just, uh, operational, uh, efficiencies that just aren't, aren't met where it's a big topic kind of right now the the short the off. shortage of labor of qualified labor right mm-hmm. now it's, it's huge right now not just on the service side but also on the operator side too yeah um i don't know how, how whether that's impacting oil and gas so i'm hearing it's it's impacting other lines of business where they can't hire people I oh it's I, I that's what i'm saying I've, I've talked to customers i've talked to other service companies too yeah. it's, it's it's a tough it's a struggle right now right um i would also i, I would um I would also cautiously say, let's be careful about why that's happened as well, you know, because there's some hands in, in the part of the business that we sell tools to where their hourly rates right now are equivalent to somebody working in Target or Bookies, and they're not getting additional um, additional pay for overtime. So what's, or, the, what's the point? Or, so I would imagine it's like, you know, is this really still a life for yeah. me? Um, you know, so... Um, but but then again, I think there's also going to be a trend um, moving towards rig contractors providing more of a holistic service to the operators themselves. So um, I think they'll be picking up more and what more you mean of, by that? of the services. Well, uh, I call them in- integrated services. For example, um, you've seen that the likes of H and P and Precision, they're, uh, they're they own their own directional yes. companies. They've got that. They've snapped up software companies um, that 
that are kind of moving towards automation. They're pushing themselves to be more of a technology company now versus a rig contractor. Yeah, I think they always have been technology companies. You know, especially these public limit companies. Technology is what continues to drive investment, right. and and if they're not um, positioning themselves as as technology companies, then uh, then it's difficult to make yourself keep yourself relevant, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, I was speaking to an old friend of mine who's been in frack for for years, and she's. She's now working for a company that, that's bringing on electric fracking uh, equipment. So there's no diesel on, yeah. no, no no requirement for diesel on location. But um, I'm sure there's tons of people investing in that company right now, whether they're most efficient or the best at what they're doing. I don't know. But um, but they're the kind of things that, that keep people relevant. And, and you know, that um, that integration of services, like you said, um, so long as it's technology-driven, is uh, is going to keep moving us forward? Yeah, yeah. So what else do you like getting yourself into? So you got a you got a six week old at the house, right? You you, you train you're training for a marathon or, or tri- triathlon? About to, I guess. I guess I've said it now, so I'm probably going to have to. Well, do if, it. if you said you it, you have to commit out. to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then you got to then you got to leave everyone with kind of an update on how you did. So it's part mm-hmm. it's part of it. If you announce it here, you have to do it. Okay, buddy. I don't know what city I'm going to do it in, but uh, what city would I'll you want to do it in? You know. Uh, I've done the the Houston half, and that's a nice nice track. Uh, I've done the Austin half a few times. Okay, that's a real hilly one. Um, but uh, I'd like to go somewhere nice and cool to do it. I think so. Maybe you know. It, see, another good thing about doing these tries and uh, and runs is you can you can pick a city and yeah. say you can do let's Chicago. make a weekend yeah. away and and uh, you know train here and, and go there, that kind of stuff. So I feel like it's. Uh, how far out are you going to do it? Like, do you know? Do you have a goal? I'm thinking uh, try and get one done before the end of the year. Really? So maybe, okay, maybe November, December. Look at you. Good now, for you, now man. I'm really dialing it in, aren't I? Yeah, you got you got yeah. you got sales. You got you got a, a newborn. You yeah. got a trap. Okay, what what else? What else are you get into? Well, you know, I'm just uh, really enthusiastic about about the family right now. You know, about where that's going. Um, you, know, you take but, the night shift. Or your wife? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I was early shift uh, to begin with, and now it's kind of a little bit all over the place. But do you um, find yourself? Are you binge watching anything? Or are you reading? You know, you know who. Uh, you know who, who's. I, I tend to carry a couple of heroes around at a time, and uh, Joe Rogan's a big watch for me. Joe um, Rogan. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, his podcast. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's got some great guests on. So I'm on YouTube just watching his little that's your go-to clips all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because you, you never know when, when the baby's going to wake up. And so, yeah, I, I get the watching of, you know, short, intermittent. And yeah. you, so when Evelyn was born, I did a Breaking Bad. Okay. That was my binge watching. Right. Breaking Bad. You know, I'm probably one of the few people who has not seen out Breaking Bad. You haven't seen I've, Breaking I've, Bad? I've seen the first series and just got sidetracked with other look, stuff. Look, look, I'm not just saying this to be a Breaking Bad fan. Because I've only seen it one time seven years yeah. ago or eight years ago when my daughter was born. <clears throat> so it's one of the best writing out there. I highly recommend watching mm-hmm. it. Oh, I don't deny it. Uh, but again, it's just got to come down to time and the time to to binge watch it. So uh, it, it'll, it'll, it'll come. You got to make time to binge watch. Yeah. Binge watch uh, Breaking Bad. Right, right. Yeah. Well, apart from that, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to planning some some trips, you know, get, getting around and uh, – Seen some people in different parts of the country. Oh, you talking about uh, sales trips? Yeah, like getting out there. Yeah, we're talking about doing a road show as well. Uh, 
you know, taking some stuff out there, not necessarily related to industry events that are planned, but just uh, just get out there and show up. If it's going to be people don't want people in the office, just get them in the parking lot and get them talking about. And just show stuff. up and try to try to yeah, get them out. A little, little bit of a I show like and that, tell. Though. Yeah, a little bit of you know back back to brass tacks kind of stuff. We've done it a little bit in the past, and it and it's uh, it's powerful, right? Because uh, you know, guys in the office they spend plenty of time in the field, but to get them all in one place isn't isn't the easiest. We did a few demos, um, you know, through Teams and Zoom that were useful. But you know, getting out in the open road, I think is. I think that's such a good idea. Be, I mean, this day and age. You got to think outside the box. You got to be innovative on how, exactly how do you get everyone from the office outside talking, uh, looking looking at something, and what and being engaged, yep. right? And I like that idea of kind of going around doing a little roadshow. Yeah, so we'll probably uh, pick the northern states earlier, and the uh, and go and have the southern ones later after that. Okay, um, but we'll see how it goes. We've got um, we've got plenty of stuff to f- physically show people, and uh, um. Yeah, it's always it's always good to to show people that stuff that's gonna improve what they've what they've already got. I like that. So uh, so yeah, and we're growing too. So that's uh, that's been useful too. We're growing back in some cases. You know, we lost a few people, but yeah, um, we're rebounding pretty strong at the moment. Good. Um, good. Yeah. What else you want to bring up here uh, today? Well, man, I, I think uh, I think one of the things I've been uh, interested in getting into. To talking about you talking about just yeah. general discussions yeah. the uh talk not necessarily heroes but the um the guy alec epstein did you ever read his book i am the, currently uh, listening to it right now the moral the, case the of moral case and did you know that's been out since like 2014 dude I, I know i couldn't believe it i didn't know that either so i've heard about it i was through linkedin and i, I gotta check it out right got it on audible we'll talk about a champion for our industry that that guy is uh superb the logic that he brings to the argument and uh, and I just love it. And I think I'd mentioned to you as well um, a film called um, Planet of the Humans that's only on YouTube. That's right. And and it kind of looks at renewables uh, and I guess the um, the business side of it and what's really driving people, uh, you know, talking about them so much. But I like to just kind of talk in practical terms. Um, that you know the the moral case is a good book. Uh, it, it gives a really good. Uh, it's explanation. A, it's a lot of data, a lot of stats, a lot yeah. of data, which is which which proves proves his point. Right. I mean, the, the basis of it is is that is that oil and gas has got us to this point in a positive way, and it's it's not necessarily going to be a doomsday. It's probably going to be less expensive for us to reduce the carbon footprint of current practices yeah. to reduce the emissions to zero than switch over to something that's going to effectively need us to create a brand new uh um you know grid new, new infrastructure well, I liked about of, it too it also, it also compares pretty much to what you know the politicians or the news people are saying like oh it's going to increase by you know you know two percent degrees celsius yeah. and, and he actually takes whatever they said whether it was in 79 or whether it was 85 2000 whatever and compares that to actual data yeah. and shows that's it's but people are still talking about this this carrot right. that, or this 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 narrative that people are talk, are bringing up. Yeah, and, and I think what we'll find is, is that the, the balance will be found. You, you can't do without oil and gas. I, I like the way people just say, "I'll just keep on producing your energy while you try and destroy us." You know, we'll we'll keep the lights on for yeah. you. Um, but um, you know, some of the things like 
that again, I think it's important for us to get the message out there that um, it's a good idea to look at wind, to look at solar, yeah, right? But all these things have to be cost-effective. And I think that um, if people realized um, that, you know, for example, everybody likes to eat strawberries, you can get strawberries any time of the year now. Yeah. But apparently that the process to produce strawberries out of season is so intensive, so cost-intensive, and energy intensive that there's, there's a large amount of energy being used there that, that but for public demand, we, you know, we don't necessarily need. Um, if you look at um, who are the darlings these days, Apple and the like, um, they, they will have a stance about being environmentally friendly and promoting environmental um, right. causes. But at the end of the day, um, they're using petroleum products to, to make their, their stuff and at, at high energy use. Um, I saw a comparison that the energy that's required to build four new refrigerators um, is needed to create one new iPhone. Well, how many, how many times in a lifetime do you replace your refrigerator? I probably I replace my iPhone a lot more. Well, yeah. I mean, would it be every 10 years, every 20 years you replace it? You may go through four refrigerators in a lifetime. Yeah. And yet Apple and, and Android, they're, they're trying to get you to change your phone every two years. And, and so the, the amount of energy that's going into unnecessarily It's virtue energy. signaling. That's all it is. I mean, they can, I mean, people like stand up there. Uh, Stephen Forrest said the best. He's like, it's the Mount morality. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. You know, right. I mean, it's, we live in this, uh, he said, well, we got a phone that we can control the temperature from our phone and da, da, da. So we need to yeah. go renewable. Look, I think renewables needs a place and the, and it has a place, you know, we need to be like a Prius. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I mean, you got to rely on the on oil, on fossil fuels or earth energy, as I call it. Yeah. You got to rely on that and also have a blend of renewables because that's, we're all, we all provide energy. So I don't like, the whole like knocking on renewables is one thing, but I think looking at it objectively, just as you said, you know, like, you know, a, a, when a Tesla gets to your driveway, I mean, it's already got a larger carbon footprint than the entire, you know, cradle to the yeah. grave of, and I think Mark Mills said that. He, uh, right. he gave that. And it was just, I'm not anti-renewables at all. I'm very pro-renewables. At the same time as I think people need to understand the actual uh, carbon footprint or the impact of, and they don't yeah. because it feels good to, oh, I just, I hate, you know, I hate fossil fuels. We just need to get off of it. It's, it's dirtying the planet. Well, not really. Just because the renewables has a better marketing group oh, yeah. and they have a better storytelling. Right. Um, and we they definitely suck uh, at that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just for have, example, have done. The Moral Case, the moral case yeah. of Fossil Fuels, great book. Yeah. A lot of data, a lot of great stats. But to me, though, it's, 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 it's not capturing the hearts and minds. And that's what kind of sways people, makes people understand yeah. a little bit more. But we need that out there. You know, we need that to, uh, to shine the light on the actual data. Yeah. versus kind of what bullshit right. politicians yeah, are saying. Yeah, I mean, going back to what we talked about with technologies and technology companies, you haven't got a hope in hell of being a success in oil and gas if you don't bring something out that isn't going to um, improve the uh, the environmental um, impact right. that, that this industry is going to have. You know, um, Otherwise, people aren't going to invest in oil and gas. And of course, um, we recognize that. Um, but I think the common sense message... Uh, the, the thing, the fact that people think that driving a Tesla means that You're they're great. saving the planet. Yeah. I, someone once told me, you know, unless you're driving one on Iceland, in Iceland, 
you're, you're truly not, um, you know, you're not doing that. You, you, you're just as, as good as whatever the, the generation method is that, that, you know, the electricity is coming from. And, you know, one of the things that I think is going to be a huge obstacle when we talk about mandating when there's going to be this many electric cars, when there's going to be yeah. this much solar, uh, if you mandate it like that and you put politicians to, uh, or anybody to, to hit a deadline, first of all, obviously politicians are going to miss, miss the spot. But if you end up like say in California where now they've followed their mandate, but now they've got brownouts and yeah. they've got gaps, um, you know, it's, it's a dangerous precedent to, to follow. And some of the practical things that you've got to, uh, think about, um, this kind of blew my mind. I used to live in London, um, for a couple of years. And if, if anyone's lived in any big city where there's like New York, if you've got a vehicle, good luck parking that right. car outside of the front door of your house on the street. You know, you're probably a block down or maybe further. If you've got an electric car and it needs plugging in at night, what are you going to do? Run an extension cord down the street? Yeah. Um, you know, that's these, good. These, I mean, that's a good these, point. These practical, um, I mean, I can I can imagine like a, a bunch of parking meters down the street, maybe that you can plug into. But the, is that that's but, not here? That's not here right now. No, no, it's uh, you know, and I and I can imagine that we'll we'll be continuing to lower our um, our footprint within this industry, you know, continually and and making big improvements in you know independently. So. Um, there's still a healthy future in There's our, a in our working life. Well, yeah, but the problem is, um, you're exactly right. Once you start getting politicians involved to start kind of mandating, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, your carbon footprint, this or that by 2050, to, once you start putting, I mean, you're kind of forcing yourself to go down this, down this road and really detach from reality or realistic expectations on what you actually can do. Um, everyone likes these goals. Everyone likes hearing it. Everyone likes this and that, but are they realistic? Um, and if you are pursuing them, are you screwing up the system you have just like in California to heat people's homes, to cool, I mean, to whatever. So it's, it's, it is a scary situation where it's like you want people to stop yeah. and think and realize, kind of look, I, I get what, where you want to go. I get what you're saying. But there's mm -hmm. a lot to that that you really don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do have faith in the human race to get it done, to get it fixed. You know, it'll, uh, th there's a lot of... Uh, hypocrisy out there there's a lot of uh politicians and media man yeah yeah um but there's a there's we're all kind of contrarians aren't we really we're, we're kind of you know a little bit of this and a little oh, yeah. bit of that uh when it suits us but i think um you know so long as we're talking about it and and everyone's uh intentions are right then we'll keep making improvements and that's the thing. Our industry has always made improvements when it comes to the environmental side. I remember starting in 2004, 2005. I mean, we're doing sustainability reports in Noble Drilling. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, same thing, different title right now. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things, uh, one of the things that I like, uh, somebody made a, an analogy of, you know, if you go into a Starbucks, it'll say how environmentally friendly and, uh, and conscious they are when they're harvesting the, the beans yeah. for the coffee, right? Yeah. Well, do they think about that when they're pumping gas in their car and thinking, where did this gas come from? Because like in Canada, Canada's got a problem where um, in Alberta and, and the likes and British Columbia, they're, they've got the pipelines coming down to the US. There's no pipeline between the West and the East Coast of Canada. Canada is, is shipping in oil from Saudi Arabia. And 
you know, same with, with California, that they're, they're effectively banning drilling or the production yeah. of oil and gas. So they're importing everything. So they'll be importing it. Now, yeah. do they really, do they have a conscience about the working environments that the guys that are producing the barrel in, in Saudi Arabia or, or the Middle East is compared to the US? It's not, Surely my, it's not, not my backyard. It's not my backyard. Why do I care? Well, and there's the, there's the problem, right? Because we're the most conscious, we're the most safety conscious and, uh, we've got the most rights for any workers uh, anywhere. So you would think that you'd be trying to reduce the production elsewhere rather than here. You know, if you really want to be consistent. That's, with I, that's your, a great point, man. You know, with, with your, with your thoughts, but it's like you said, it, you know, so long as it's, it's kind of like the, the nuclear waste deal, right? Do, do you think that nuclear waste is safe? D- do you think it's safe? Uh, no. Yeah. Or you don't think it's safe. I don't it, think do- it's safe. Do you think it's unsafe, like predominantly no. unsafe? Can um, it be safe? It depen- can it be safe? It, yes, it can if it's if it's handled uh, or disposed of okay. properly. All right. But how about if they were planning to put it under your town? Exactly. Would it? St- would you still have the same? No, absolutely uh, not. And it, it's a little bit similar, right? Oh, the, yeah. No, I agree. The comparison is a little bit the same. Like, I need the energy. I want the energy. But I really don't want the headache of, of anything that's potentially harmful. And and that's another thing. I think it's completely out of whack. A, a newspaper will show a gas spill or an oil spill here, and then everybody thinks that um, oh, we're just all out. The, to, yeah, it's the industry just slopping norm. around. Yeah. So, but uh, you don't see many uh, renewable incidents out there. You know, you no, see, well, there's a few. There's a few uh, zingers out there. Right? There's a couple of them, but you don't see a lot. Yeah, they're not. They're not covered as much well, as they are on the gas industry. But but you wait. Once they become predominant. You think so? The naysayers and the environmentalists, they'll get on the bandwagon and start knocking that too. Okay. You know, it, okay. it's everywhere's got its time. No you know, place. yeah, I guess everyone has to complain about something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to leave it. It's uh yeah. But um, you know, I, I do have a good good outlook for the future for our industry. Your podcast and the COVID experience definitely made me realize that I'm all in with supporting oil and gas for the rest of my working career. And I am too, I'm going to champion the cause. It's uh, I think we all got to be industry advocates at yeah. this point. I mean, we all got to get out there. We got to talk to people. We got to just got to, you know, show people, you know, our, our side, not just the data, not just yep. the facts, not just, you know, this versus, you know, you say that, but it means this, like <laughs> not Even just up- that. You just got to kind of, you know, get outside of our bubble and start talking to Yep. people even up the discussion yeah just talk about just it just keep talking I agree with that well Great. John I appreciate you coming on Energy Crew again this is everyone this is John Clark the uh, the sales manager for US for Volant uh, Volant was it services Volant products products yep. gotcha so anyway John I appreciate you coming on man uh, sharing your time with me I appreciate it being a pleasure man good luck hey, um, and you have to fill us in um, when you get done with the triathlon uh, I will it'll be the marathon next I think so I'll, I'll let you know where and when And you know what we all support we you for that Okay, buddy. There's room for other uh, participants if you want. I got really flat feet, so I don't think I can, but I appreciate the invite. I'll let you know. You know what? I might just chime in through Zoom. All right. I'll be at the house on Zoom and just, just, I'll FaceTime you. We'll just go do it that way. All right, buddy. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in to uh, Energy Crew. You can find us on any podcast platform you're streaming. You can find us on Instagram, energy underscore crew. And uh, that's it. So, I appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in. We'll talk to you all soon. Mm